Hey everyone, happy to have you here for another episode of Legacy Matters. Today, as usual, we will talk about whatever comes up with a slight leaning toward discussions of preserving your legacy, preparing for things to come, and sharing stories we find amusing. <laughs> Can I ask a question? Uh, how, long you guys, how long have you guys known each other now? Uh, 12, 15 years, something yeah, like that. Can tell. Somewhere in the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we did start recording, which, which is funny to have uh, our podcast start off with a question from the guest to us <laughs> about how long we've known Welcome, each other. Welcome, Adam. <laughs> Welcome, Adam. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Uh, Adam Thanks Cho, for being right? Here. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, we've known each other quite a while, so yeah. that's that's why he's Jim Z and I'm Sam Z. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. And we're on Legacy Matters. <laughs> yeah, Legacy Matters <laughs> podcast. Yet another another episode. Jim, would you like to? Uh, yeah, I, like I know exactly the, where you're going with this. The so, listening it's public about the weather. Wonderful, beautiful Wednesday afternoon now, <laughs> and bright and sunny. Still have the Simpson clouds. <laughs> you know the light and fluffy. Yeah, very blue sky, green trees. It's beautiful. Welcome right. to Minneapolis. Sunny Minneapolis, uh, Sunny. North, North Minneapolis, Northeast, yep, Northeast, Northeast, as they say. Yep. Nowadays. So, Adam, uh, where did we find you? How does how did it happen that you got you decided to be on our podcast with us? Well, did, were you invited? Yeah. Well, you found me first, though. <laughs> oh. Sam. Oh. Sam reached out to me via email and said, "Hey, what do you do at Generator? All right. uh, what what's going on there?" And so, why don't we start with what? generator oh, is yeah well, great question so yeah, generator generator is a startup accelerator so we raise money from local investors and then with that money we recruit companies and deploy that capital in those early stage companies so we do programming across the nation i run the program in minnesota here and so we just went through three weeks of interviewing i think 800 applications down to 139 first round interviews and down to 56 second round interviews to get down to 25 that we invite to come pitch in person. Wow. And then we just picked five. Um, one of the five has local ties, um, and then the other four are from not Minnesota. Part of the reason why we like bringing companies from outside of Minnesota is because then we can kind of try to impress them to, you know, see what there is to offer here, and then if there's a the right fit, mm-hmm. stick around. So... We're not the only game in town, and we've seen other companies and other accelerators find companies that relocate here after the program because I think they see the benefit of coming to Minneapolis. And so the long and short of it is we find early-stage companies and try to help them move faster. Oh, so I guess I wasn't aware of that. So so we did, in fairness, we did uh, apply, uh, made it through the first round, which is fine. And second. And second? Yep. Well, sort Did of. Did we? Well, you got to the second. I got guess. to the second. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, okay. it doesn't matter. It's all good. Um, that's a that's a relatively large pool. I, like for me, there's no you know like oh we didn't we, oh so we we're so bad we didn't make it. Um, me neither. I'm used to it from artist grants, which operate the same way. Yeah. Adam, so. But I uh, I didn't realize that. So when you're when you're looking for someone to be a part of the program here in this is based out of Minnesota that the part that you were looking for, is that right? Uh, so just being a homer, I love supporting local companies if I can, Yep. but you know, our fiduciary responsibility is to make sure that we pick the best companies that fit our model. Yep. So I think even when we went through our Q and a with your company, 
you know, even some of the numbers that you threw out about if we were to raise money, it'd be this amount. Right. Sometimes it doesn't even fit in our model. Yeah, of course. And so from the outside looking in, it kind of looks like, oh, they just don't get us. But there's actually other inputs that we're trying to wrestle with yeah. behind the scenes where it's like, well, maybe they're too far along or it's not the right fit for us to actually provide a value to that company. And so right. um, I think when we spoke, I was like, okay, they want to raise that much. Can I help them there? Right. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm putting all this stuff in there and I don't want to waste more of your guys' time either. And so um, you're one of, you know, 795 companies where there's some combination of those narratives in our own heads as we're trying to slow down. So well, and for us, I mean, just any time you go through any of those parts of the process it's beneficial for us you know like it's it's always good for us to learn a little bit more about everything really as a entrepreneur and kind of like i um said on the phone when we when we talked i i fundamentally i really mean it when i say keep me up to date and if there's any ways that i can help of course what's introductions potential investors i'm happy to do so uh and so that kind of offer goes out too I think I've promised that to like 140 <laughs> right. oh, uh, I'm not applicants. special. Uh, but, you know, I asked them for skin in the game. I yeah. say, hey, keep me up to date. You'd be amazed how many people don't keep me up to date. Sure. All I say is just keep me updated. And when I see an opportunity, I'll help. I'd say it's like maybe 5% take me up on right. it. You know? Right. So, um, you know. Well, I think, you know, I can speak through through the lens of us being budding entrepreneurs i would say but at the same time like we're not one of us especially but we're not spring chickens <laughs> I, I get it i get it it's funny um adam how long let, let's let's talk about generator for a second here um so how long has it been around yeah and 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 are you one of the founding people of it or it's here in minnesota right yep it is so the long and short of it generator started in wisconsin in 2012 they Scary. saw, yeah. So uh, they saw a missed opportunity of investing early in the Midwest, and so they saw an ex- as an accelerator model to be a great way to, you know, bridge that gap between super good ideas that are high risk, and then the more formal institutional money down the line that you see the headlines. You know, they raise X amount of millions of dollars. Right. There's that dark period in the middle that traditionally there hasn't been anyone that's been focused on. quote unquote fly over a country I guess for lack of a better way Mm -hmm. of describing it yep and so they did it in 2012 it was very very um, successful in the sense that it got a lot of people in that community excited and then in 2014 they started a program called G Beta which is seven weeks long focused on local communities similar to kind of what we talked about earlier for the fellowship.art and the backline program that's the arts one and the music one Mm -hmm. this was all (laughs) off off our recording yeah we'll get to it yeah we'll we, we can dive in. back into yeah. it but so that program is free to the uh companies and the founders and it's focused on doing it local supporting local and giving those companies the best opportunity to at least have the start where they in their backyard and so that was 2014 and then at the end of 2016 generator decided they wanted to expand to the Minnesota market. And so we did one of those seven week programs with the help of the University of Minnesota. And they worked with six companies there. And then in 2017, my former managing director, Eric Martell, came on board to run the program and operation here. I kind of came on as an associate 
uh, I reached out on LinkedIn and said, hey, you know, I'd love to just kind of learn and see what happens. And then that was going on two and a half years ago now almost. And so what I thought was going to be a splash landing and put it on the resume and go, go back to corporate ended up being <laughs> you enjoy this yeah where mm-hmm. i'm at where i'm at now and cool. uh i think uh it took me till the age of probably 29 to realize that i enjoyed the startup life so i mean for better or worse i think i don't think i'd be where i am now if i didn't have the corporate jobs that i had getting up to that point mm-hmm. so when i sometimes i'm like oh, i wish i started earlier i sometimes wonder what i've known what i needed to know to do what i'm doing now yeah, that's a kind of a common theme that that comes up. Like, you can't. So I'm in my mid 40s, and I and we're starting this business, and and I think like, oh man, it sure would have been nice for me to have figured out something like this, to figure out specifically how much I like working in the digital world and all of that. Uh, you know, 15 years ago, wouldn't life have been easier? And the the truth is, I I wouldn't have known, I wouldn't have had the experiences that I had to get me to the point where I'm at. It just, it comes when it comes. It, mm-hmm. There's nothing you can do about it. So. Yeah, we've talked about this a little bit. So I'm 50, so I'm very old, um, <laughs> as what... Sam likes to remind me. <laughs> but, uh, you know, even starting this up right now, uh, you know, so much of it hinges on some of our connections and our relationships that we have with the community, friends and family. You know, if I went back 10 years, I... I it wouldn't have been the same. You weren't ready. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I and I wouldn't have the. I knew you ten years to, ago. Well, I know you did. Well, I knew you ten years ago too. <laughs> Neither yeah, of us is ready. Yeah. So, um, so okay. So, generator. How how did the name come about? And and is it is it two dudes hanging out that say, "Hey, we're going to start this," or is it you know how did that really yeah. evolve? Um, so I can't talk about the the birth of it so i came Mm -hmm. in you know five years down the line but my understanding is there were a handful of guys that were in wisconsin that saw an opportunity they decided to kind of grassroots raise the money to do that first program and actually to come full circle uh, eric martell who i mentioned previously he was one of their first investments and so Mm -hmm. then he went through the program with a company called eat street which is similar to grubhub and doordash in the sense of you know delivering foods online um and so he went through that whole process and then back in 2017 when he stepped down he came to minnesota because his um significant other was here and then he was kind of just a free agent and they said hey you know you know why we do this and what we're trying to build will you help get off the ground in minnesota and uh he came on and then when i saw that come out is when i applied or reached out for a coffee yep i sent him my resume too and when i walked in he had my resume in his hand i was like oh this is more like a informal interview, I right. see. <laughs> so to the point about building network, basically my pitch to him was, hey, give me three months. I'll introduce you to everyone that I know mm-hmm. on the healthcare side. And then if you like working with me, we'll, I'll stick around. If not, I can put it on my resume and you know, I'll be on my merry way back in the corporate world. Uh, and so it worked out well. He and I gelled and clicked and uh, it was a good, I, we worked together for a little bit under two years. And now he's on to his next company. And so then when he stepped down, I, I kind of just naturally was his right-hand man during the process, so uh, came on board. Um, but in terms of Minnesota and Generator, you know, there's tech stars in town here. They do a great job. And they've, they've got partnerships with Cargill and Ecolab and now United Healthcare. Um, we came in a little bit later, and 
it took some time to build the trust in the community. Um, Minnesota's fantastic, but it's also, you got to build trust. <laughs> you do. Yeah. yeah. So how did you go about that? Like, what does that mean exactly? Building the trust? Yeah. Um, Eric and I say we do our best to never leave an email unread and unreplied to. Um, I'll pick up the phone as long as I know it's not a spam number and just say, Hey, this is Adam. How can I help? Uh, when we grab coffees, we do our best to meet people halfway or where that's convenient for them. So basically just showing that our time's not more important than someone else's because sure. we just never know uh, who it is, who they know, what they know. And so the opportunity cost of missing out on that is far greater than, you know, uh, avoiding it or ignoring it. And, you know, we don't ever want to leave um, an opportunity on the table. So a year of that in 2018 was a lot easier. 2017 was building trust. And it's funny because Eric lives here now and I grew up here. So it's not like we were outsiders by any means, but from the community side, it was this Wisconsin based program is coming to Minnesota. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nah, man. There's a deep trust, distrust of those Scotties. I know. I'm, <laughs> so like, I'm, I'm envisioning like, the Scotties coming. You know, oh, like man, Scotties. They love so, their cheese and their sausages. And so you're you're reaching out, and folks are finding you too, correct? Yeah. So it's um, we do probably, if I had to guess, we probably sent out well over eight thousand emails to get eight hundred applicants. It's still and a large we, number. And then we also hit the road and went to 22 major cities that have innovation hubs or startup activity across the, across the country. Um, and then we just hold office hours. So we'll say, Hey, we're coming to town next week. Um, this is part of the email stuff where, so we send out all these emails to these local markets and say, come grab a 20 minute meeting with us. We'd love to learn more about what you're doing and also answer questions about our program. And then at the end of that, the hope is that, um, they're interested enough to apply yep, and then go through the process you, you guys went through. Yep. Uh, why are you so serious today? <laughs> am, am I serious? I, I mean, you got just, you're all businessy serious. Yeah. You, well, <laughs> you're like interested. And, no, it's good. Uh, yeah. It's good. I want I you mean, to be interested and I want you to be, I just, well, Adam's all business. <laughs> you, we don't usually have people here all business. Trust you me, know? I'm not dressed like business. <laughs> no. I just call it. It's the coffee. <laughs> oh, that's it. That's what happened. He had a little coffee, and yeah. now he's all serious. Um, well, I'm trying to get to the root of it, you know, figure out what's happening. By yeah. the way, I want to push back. You said you guys are budding entrepreneurs from what I've read and seen and heard. I think you guys are selling yourselves short a little well, bit. Well, see, and that's what I, I, I only got as far as, as making a little crack about his age before he <laughs> kind of cut me off and got all serious. What I was, what I was intending to say there was... Uh, you know, sort of budding entrepreneurs, except we're not spring chickens. We actually have a, an operating, well, yeah. several operating businesses that have done <laughs> well enough. It's just this foray into the digital world and kind of what that's excited really in both of us. Right. And, and how, I mean, I can say, I can boldly say that I think we're quite good at, uh, the development we have done in the digital space. Um, it's just not being from a digital hub maybe right. or a digital background. Like Minnesota is, you know, still, still so analog um, in a lot of ways or, or has been that in uh, our, in our professions certainly have. Yeah. Art come from and a construction. Analog, but a con you know, part conceptual, 
you know, yeah. background. I mean, we're we have an interesting. I think there's an interesting dynamic between the three of us. You yeah, know, Sarah. Sarah's not here. Not right here. Now, today, but, you know, that's what kind of. But it it kind of amazed me uh, how quickly we started to understand that, you know, how similar some of the things you, when you're designing something in the digital space, and then putting it together, how similar that looks to construction and art and the other things we already know. It just seemed like. Well, because we're conceptualizing all the time. Either yeah. we're we're standing, you know, in a lot trying to look at a, you know a house that doesn't exist or an existing house and redesigning it, redesigning the space in our heads. Yeah, you know, same with art. And you and I are talking constantly. You know, so yep. when we started digitally, I mean, it's the same process. Yeah, you here's know, a, here's just, the problem. Here's the solution we think yeah. works for it, and it's really spatial sort of problem solving. Yeah, totally. Ways. So. So Generator starts in Wisconsin, moves to Minnesota. Is it in other markets? Yeah, we are in... Oh, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to get yelled at for missing a market that I should say. So That's okay. Uh, we so, have a fact check. And we don't deal yeah, in facts. There we That's go. Right. There we go. Yeah. So we'll just, I'll just be confident. So <laughs> yeah. we just um, recently announced the partnership. With, I'll start here and then work my way radially. Sure. So we just recently announced the partnership with University of St. Thomas. Yeah. to help students and alumni of St. Thomas because uh, they have a really strong entrepreneurial school there. And then we just announced recently as well that we're focusing on St. Cloud and the, and the area surrounding St. Cloud because, you know, if you look down Main Street, if you drive down St. Cloud, all those are startups. I mean, they're not technically called startups. They're called small businesses. But right. to keep America's heartland, you know, healthy and full, we need to continue to fill the funnel with new ventures and new opportunities. And, you know, if we can turn students into new founders, um, that's the best way to do it. And so I think it was like 18 um, companies or community groups in St. Cloud area came together to support this program for three years now. So we'll hire a new director up there and they'll focus on bringing in talent from that area to work on um, opportunities. And then, so we do the program here. We have partnerships with Boston Scientific, Mayo Clinic, University of Minnesota, Medical Alley Association. And then we also have partnerships with Allianz Life and Security on Financial. Um, so we run investment programs here, but also the free programming as well. And then if I look past Minnesota, obviously we have programming in Wisconsin. We do the fellowship.art program, which focuses on artists and uh, and then we do a backline program, which focuses on musicians, both in Milwaukee. And then we're also in Detroit, Indianapolis, um, Youngstown, Ohio, Cincinnati, Ohio. We just went to Toronto last fall, so we're doing programming there. You mean Toronto as in Canada? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. And then... Uh, <laughs> Multinational. Um, we're in Nebraska, <laughs> and then we also have a program in uh, L.A. with Capital Music Group. And then we just announced the program in Detroit with Motown Records. Great. And so, you know, we don't have it published on our website, but our mission and goal is to support local communities um, by strengthening, you know, up and downstream. And, you know, starting with students all the way to entrepreneurs that already have a company and everything in between. Okay. Interesting. So yeah. So, so when yeah. So when there's 800, I'm just trying to figure out the nuts and bolts <laughs> of what happens when 
So when there's 800 applicants to the generator program here in Minneapolis, right? That was through you, yeah, and through that organization. You're not just through me, like no, a team. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. <laughs> right. But but your those 800 applicants are they applying specifically to the Minneapolis one, or are they applying to be in the system anywhere in one of those places? So a lot of the companies we end up working with have applied more than once. Yeah. So like you guys know this. It's, it's trust building, <laughs> you know? And so if I see an applicant come in last year and they say, we're doing this, and I'm just not quite sure yet, but then they come back a year later and they did what they say they were going to do, um, it makes it a lot easier for me to say, okay, they can deliver on what they promise. And so some of the companies we got in are first-timers that applied and they got in, and that's fantastic. It, it won't be the last time. But there's a, a group of companies that we're working with now that um, we've had, we've been building the relationship with them for you know more than six months. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's I would say eighty percent are new, first time that I've seen them. Uh, but then once they're in the um, process, if there's one that I really like and we just can't make it work, I'm doing my best to at least be a value add to them or tell them to continue to consider us as they move forward. Um, and the hope is that we don't lose a good opportunity. But I'll never restrict someone's growth by withholding something from somebody. Sure. So if I see down the line an investor that I think would be really interested in what you guys are doing, the first thing I'm gonna say to them is, hey, can I introduce you to a, a local company mm -hmm. via email? And I, I mean, I probably sent out four or five of those requests just this past morning to see if I can connect the company with one of the corporates that I know. Sure. Because it's all rising tide raises all ships. If we can help someone now, whether we have an actual financial you know, incentive to help them or not, in the future, if they're happy with us as a group or myself as an individual, um, that there's nothing negative that can come from that. Yeah, no, that's it's all good. I, I guess maybe I didn't frame that question quite correctly i am i'm trying to figure out do you have like do you have like five groups going through a generator program in each of the cities that you named or do you have uh, sort of one larger program that everyone applies to and then you know so are you are you guys yeah. seeing 800 applicants in each city yeah. to to fill got a it. program of five or got it yeah in the seven week model no, because we're focused on smaller markets, those local markets. Yeah. But for the ones where we're actually deploying capital, yeah, it, we're looking at numbers between anywhere from 700 to 1,000 plus applications. And we're asking people that we liked to roll their application over, but also going back out and recruiting in those markets again. So we started so running we started multiple fresh. Yeah, we started programs. fresh. But we're only in four markets where we do the investments. So Minneapolis... We do a program in Madison and Milwaukee. Uh, those are separate ones. And then we do one in Cincinnati. Okay. So four, four investment cycles. So season seasonally, pretty much. Yep. Um, but then in those other markets that I listed off, we're doing a lot more sponsorship-driven seven-week programs, the, the ones that are free for the companies. So gotcha. we take no equity. We charge no fees. Uh, but the companies aren't getting money from us. They're just getting access and coaching and support. And then post program, they're part of the family. So, uh, you know, they Ooh, can I like the air quotes. Yeah, for the yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little scary, though. Yeah. So, how do you guys <laughs> do it? Like, how 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 are you making money? 
Yeah, so in the in the 12 week program, the one that we engaged you guys about, that's based on financial returns if the companies, you know, have mm-hmm. liquidity event of some sort. Yep. In the seven week model, we do that basically based off of sponsorship dollars. So we, we raise enough money to run the programming, but not necessarily make a profit on it. So it's brand building, it's community building, it's um, these companies, these founders, these individuals all kind of become part of our network, which strengthens our value for yep. the future companies that we work with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and some of the larger, more established companies in the region might put money into those things just to strengthen the region itself as yeah, a whole, basically. So, yeah. Sounds good. Sounds good. Do you do you feel like we've gotten some understanding of how these? I, I certainly have. Now I feel like I I'm too serious. <laughs> <laughs> You're so sensitive. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm an artist. I mean, <laughs> don't hurt my feelings. <laughs> now we won't talk the rest of the day because I'm done. No, I'm pouting now. <laughs> Drink your coffee. Um. So well, I mean, I I think actually. Uh, it's good to have you in because like being a, being an entrepreneur, I don't know what people are after when we're signing up for these things. I don't know what the, what the motivations are. I don't know what, you know, I mean, I think just being starting a business on the one hand, you have to sort of be independent, sort of fiercely independent. I, I'm doing this. I don't need, everyone's going to tell you, no, it's a bad idea. They don't like your name. They don't like what you're doing, you know, because you're presumably you're doing something new. So to get people to sign up for that right away is difficult. So then well, you no get, one wants to be the first person oh, either, you know? Yeah. And then you go up. and do that and, and you're like, no, but I'm going to do it. Even though everyone's saying you should just go get a regular job whatever so this sounds tough yeah so then you sit so we're not alone is what you're saying right oh yeah i mean (laughs) i'm about to get on my soapbox and i apologize if i go on yeah let's go i'm I'm all ears yeah you know part of what we do is i think just being there to be psychologists almost without actually being trained so you know i'll throw that disclaimer out there first and foremost but fits with us you know to your point about being told no i think that's I want to switch the narrative on that, which is we all know that, but we don't think that way. So for you guys, for anybody that's starting a company, 2.5% of the people out there are the ones that are willing to say yes. You know, the early adopters, the cowboys and the cowgirls of like, I'll take a risk on this new thing. You know, the people that are going to sign up for a beta, sign up for a pilot test. 97.5% of the people out there are going to be on the other side of it, which is I don't know. I'm not ready for it. Come back when it's proven. So like if you can switch the narrative in your mind, it's actually kind of refreshing because then it becomes a math, math problem. Right. Uh, when I, when I meet a founder and they're like, Oh, we've got the best idea. I'm like, how many people have you talked to? They're like 10. And I'm like, okay, what's the conversion rate been? Well, they just don't get it yet. Or, Oh, I don't know. They haven't replied back. Well, maybe if you send it out to a hundred people, you'll get two of those people to reply back. And then if you get 100, maybe you should try 1,000. Right. And then it's, instead of 1,000, 10,000. So, like, I don't know how PC this uh, podcast is, but I fundamentally tell people to shut up and sell. 
Like, oh, you can even swear. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, we're, we're Minnesotan. But I, every now and again, I say fuck. <laughs> I really do. It oh, happens. Yeah. I don't know the rules. I know. Shh, I don't I know the really rules of the game. Mom. No, it's, it's fine. But uh, we don't really do it overtly. But, so. but, no. but, you know, like, you know, these are very cliche things, but and I'm stealing it from Bezos, but your margins are someone else's opportunity. And even before you can get to margin, you need to be able to sell and then sell reliably before you can think about selling at scale. And then you can sell for margin. I think most people are like, I got a great idea. Everyone's going to love it. And they try to go s- straight to selling for scale. And they haven't even proven that they can sell it themselves. Mm-hmm. And then when I meet someone that says, oh, I'll hire a sales team. It's like, okay, what have you proven that says that a sales team can sell it for you? And oh, by the way. Well, they're all over the place. <laughs> right. And oh, by the way, now they're going to be promising things that you can't deliver on, which means that you're going to have to give a bad customer experience. So for me... I think my job is to kind of cut through some of the stuff that other people have told in early stage entrepreneurs, but also be there to kind of cheer, be a cheerleader too. Sure. Because I think the moment someone can start thinking in the, I'm going after 2.5% instead of 97.5% gives you a little bit of a, a breather. I understand the, <laughs> I understand the, you know, flipping that in your mind, the, the idea that there are, even though it's only 2.5%, there are some people out there who are going to support you and, yeah. and say yes. But um, how, uh, just generally speaking, do you see people coming to your programs from like all walks of life and all ages? Or are you generally seeing sort of, oh boy, I'm get myself <laughs> in trouble, but sort of starry eyed younger people yeah, saying, like, here's say my great just, idea. You or know. individuals just showing up. Hey, yeah, I, so I'll I'll try to think back to this last group. I think it's a really beautiful spread to be honest. Broad spectrum. Yeah. Um, and maybe we draw those people in or I don't know, but I've seen very young founders. I've also seen people that are empty nesters. Um, and I've seen everything in between, but I don't necessarily pay attention to their age, their background, that kind of stuff. I fundamentally want to know if like my ears perk up when I hear what they're trying to build. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, I think you would, you would have to be able to put yourself into that position because you can't, uh, I mean, if it's not exciting to you, it doesn't matter. Right. The rest of it doesn't matter. That's so. a great actual um, segue. So the reason why, um, and this is going to sound funny, but my closest friends know this. I like to say I'm motivated by spite to a certain extent. So when I first got out of the university system I had an idea that I really wanted to move forward but this was right when I learned anything about oh I should build a network because before that I was in corporate and so I did my one job really really well right but I didn't need to know many people to do my job really really well so I think it was 28 or 29 and I'm you know I met some guy that had a really impressive background for coffee and I was like here's my idea and, you know, he, he was very supportive, but then he said something that I don't think he meant to be, you know, condescending or in a bad way. But uh, he said, you should find someone that you can connect with that can be kind of like your validation. He didn't say exactly those words, but basically find someone with more experience that you can kind of, you know, hitch your trailer to. And I was like, that sucks. <laughs> like, why should, why should anyone need to do that? And so at 28, I was like, all right, I need to build my network and prove my worth enough to say that, like, I can be that validation for people. 
And then, you know, that sounds very arrogant. So, oh my gosh, <laughs> I don't mean it in that way. I mean, like, I want to be able to just set the stage for people. <laughs> right. And so at this point, I've spent the last three years just building my network and being able to be a facilitator of introductions, not because I have the answers, but if I know the right people, we can get it figured out. And so, you know, that was kind of like a moment of clarity for me, which is like, man, it's it's hard out there if someone can help you out. And then like, so for me, it's always like, pay it forward. I'm helping you now. Don't forget when you have the opportunity to help someone else later. Right. You know, you know it, it is interesting when we uh, started this sort of journey, you know, it is hard out there, right? And, yeah. and what's, but, but, you know, now, <laughs> I mean, for sure, you know, we're, we're very deep into it, obviously. But some of the things that I was unaware of what happens here in the Twin Cities, you know, the tech, as much tech there there is here i mean we went out to california to try to find uh developers we we interviewed a variety of people and we were kind of all over the place and i think you know for me you know it was a natural thing like oh we got to go to california Mm -hmm. to find people you know um and you know in that process we kind of ended up back here back home and like yourself, like just even being exposed to you and your company. I mean, I, I'm amazed at the opportunities and how, how, you know, we're able to take an idea and develop it and find other like-minded people that can help us. And, uh, you know, that path forward, you know, is really interesting, you know, that I don't think existed, you know, 10 years ago, even. I'm always, I'm always sort of amazed at, uh, well, we've got we're 33 minutes in. Oh, we should maybe. We, you want to take a little should break? Should we take a break? I'll yeah, come let's back take to... a break. Breather, and then we'll yeah. come back on this. Yeah, yeah I mean, there's, there's some interesting stuff. I'll, I'll go ahead and get myself in a little trouble, maybe, too. So. <laughs> oh, go right ahead. Uh, right. Okay, well, see you. Bye. <laughs> Packing for a trip? Let Pack Simply give you a little help by delivering travel-safe products directly to your door in an airport security-safe pouch. Unbelievably easy and surprisingly simple. Make your life easier. Visit PackSimply.com. All right, all right, all right. Need some help with a construction project? Looking for thoughtful design and honest answers about what is possible and what isn't? Kinetic Design Build is a full-service boutique remodeling service, residential and commercial clients in the Twin Cities. Design and build with a purpose. Visit kineticdesignbuild.com to request a consolation. God, I just like, that That one, all right, that one is definitely not going to be mine. That could be oh, my favorite. Want to go on a wilderness adventure with Sam? Or maybe know a group of kids who could benefit from a break from their electronics? Maybe you just need a break from the kids. Visit earthed.org for more information about how to get started. Brought to you by the Andalin app. Preserve your memories, prepare for the future, and share with those you love. Andalin... Ah, shit. Andolin, now available in the App Store and Google Play. Visit andolin.app for more information. Do you have an idea? 
that you know deserves a digital solution, finding a partner to help navigate the digital design and application building process can be daunting. Mobile Composer, in partnership with Kinetic Legacy, offers forward-thinking design built on a stable and adaptable compliance platform. Visit mcomposer.com or kineticlegacy.us to get started building the solutions of tomorrow. Enterprise or consumer together, Mobile Composer and Kinetic Legacy offer solutions that work in a language you can understand. Interested in art? James Holmberg... Interested in art? James Holmberg is both an artist and an art consultant. Let James guide you to an original work that will come alive in your home. Visit jamesholmberg.com to find out more. All right, then. All right, we're back. Little little break. Starting we didn't even do anything crazy on our break. <laughs> Letting you know. Just still starting to get cloudy? A little bit. A little post-break post yeah. weather update? Yeah. All right, we're back with Adam yep. from Generator. Adam Generator. Uh, it's been interesting. So right before uh, we took our little break, we were, we were kind of talking about... Uh, what happens when people have an idea and they they want to get started and they're building a company and stuff like that and i it just i have a lot of thoughts on this because we we do this now right but um it's always amazed me when uh when people have what i sort of deem to be a not very good idea yet they find funding for it they they're super enthusiastic about it there's i could never possibly see where, where that's going to lead to anything good maybe maybe the the well, thing itself seems pointless to me or like you're not adding a, value we've seen a lot of companies we've looked at a lot of things that we don't want to be specific but you know some of them are very uh sort of novelty sort of base oh you mean things um, that, that look yeah. a little bit like what we're doing no no not even like what we're doing but you know things that have Just gotten our funded you know, yeah. the funded, and when I say funded, I mean like 1.5 million, you know. 10 million, 50 10, million, 300 exactly. million. The you numbers know, the, get crazy. The amount of money that's being shuffled in the startup world for novelty sort of. Uh, Generally speaking, things. not here in the upper Midwest. Right. That's correct. You know, yeah, but, there's... you know, maybe <laughs> elsewhere. I mean, it, it's very interesting uh, this pool of money that seems to be just shuffled around for companies you know yeah can you elaborate on that yeah so (laughs) so i don't want to speak for all investors everywhere but of course i think even i think even 10 years ago it was okay to invest in what was perceived to be maybe second third or fourth place in a new market but then what happened was people realized if there's ever an economic downturn or competition gets too 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 strong or it's a race to the bottom generally speaking first place and second place are going to survive and everyone else doesn't so now a lot of the mindset of high stakes big return investors are looking for who hasn't capitalized in a space and who has the best chance of doing that and then can we throw enough money at them that they can get there and own 70 percent of the market Right. And so what you're seeing, to your point about how did that one idea get that much money, someone did a really good job of explaining their vision and how there's an untapped market. 
and they're the first ones that are going to get there. And when they do, this is the math that shows that it's a good investment. Um, but I will also say building a company in Minnesota or the Midwest is more challenging um, because in the sense we, we value tr- traction and proof more than like a good concept. Yeah. Speculation. Yeah. yeah. So well, we love good concepts because I've seen plenty of great companies go on to do really, really great things and have a liquidity events and be sold and you know whatnot. I think a lot of the times though, um, they spent a lot of the early years grinding and grinding and grinding to get to the point where, you know, they had a really solid foundation. So now what you're seeing is a lot of investors come here, you know, helicopter in to see, <laughs> look under the rocks and see what people are building here right. because they realize it's not just good ideas, but they're good ideas that have a good foundation to use to use a you know construction analogy. No, I think that's. Yeah. I mean, we I use it all the I time. I think our foundation. You know, we we are construction dudes. I think making sure that our foundation was was set well before we invited people in was something that we took very seriously. Yeah. So, so now people are realizing, and you know, I think if I look three to five years ahead, there will be even more investor groups that aren't headquartered here with operations here because they just know that it's being built that way. Um, and so I think it's, you know, it's a risky game, but I do feel like the Minnesota companies and the Midwest companies in general are, are left to prove it more before they get to the point where they're like, okay, now I'm ready to go talk to people there. It's far less likely someone's going to say, I have a great idea, build a deck and then try to sell in Minnesota. Because right. What they'll get told is, Oh, Go prove it a little bit. That's a that's a cool mm-hmm. deck. Go prove it a little yeah. bit more. <laughs> yeah. It's like they carry in front of the horse. Right. You know, keep proving it a little bit more. And all of a sudden, they've proven it enough to get money from someone else that's going to give them even more. So right. then it's like this vicious circle of like great ideas. But then once they get to the point where even we would invest, we get out we get outpriced. So investors yep, here right. then are getting outpriced by people with deeper pockets. Yep. And so what I try to do and what groups like ours are trying to do is Bridge that gap a little bit. Shorten that. Um, well, if they work with us, maybe we can de-risk some of those things where deploying capital makes more mm-hmm. sense a little bit earlier. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I mean, worked with 35 companies now. Um, these next five will make it a nice even 40. Um, and it's been super fun. Learned a lot. Always learning. Yep. <laughs> um, very humbled by what they're doing and their passion and, uh, you know, to your point, there's good ideas everywhere. <laughs> well, so the other side of my point, like if you flip that coin, another thing, and you know, again, uh, let's, as I tell people a little bit, we try not to talk too much politics. So this is like a political issue that isn't a political issue, okay. I think, sort of, or it shouldn't be a political issue. Um, I, I, I wonder as a, a middle-aged white guy in Minnesota, like as privileged as as i could be in a lot of ways right though you know grew up poor like have to work really hard to get what i've got and all of that but i understand like there's privilege i don't even know of you know that's that's out there and stuff like that but i think so if there's a if there's sometimes these really bad ideas that still get funded and become something well maybe don't even become something you say well, they like, don't they lost something. money that's you know a, like oh man thing, that one yeah. failed and that one failed right I, I it makes me wonder how many 
people there are whose financial struggles are worse than my own who have good ideas but they never get actualized because they can't they, they can't, can't even get in front funny. of someone yeah. and they can't and the, the entire support network that it might take to take something from a kernel of an idea and nurture it through to fruition is just never going to happen you know and what a waste that is for us as a society mm-hmm. so yeah i i mean wouldn't say it it's something that we've figured out we do our best to try to um reduce some of that at generator by doing the seven week program that focuses on students you know i have a friend that's starting a a charter school in north minneapolis and i said when you do get that started let me know let's start doing lemonade stand you know things with k through 12 let's teach them what to do when they're really young when they can break the rules and get away with it (laughs) right right. i guess that's a question so with with a generator i mean you are meeting i just thinking of like the preparation of a deck and a business plan and all of that i mean you know can an individual come to you sit down and say hey i have an idea and just at that alone and then during that period of time you'll help help them with a deck and a business plan or do they need that already to come to you i'm gonna say this and then someone will come back and say no he didn't but (laughs) i um and if i have i apologize i lost the email but that offer stands for anybody and i'm actually meeting somebody i won't say the company next week because we couldn't take them into the program because they were super early but i felt bad because i encouraged them to apply because I, I really, really like what they're trying to do. But I knew it was going to be very early, but I wanted to at least start the engagement. Mm-hmm. So I told them, you know, let's meet. I'll give you, you know, an hour or two and let's go through the deck. Here's where you lost me. Here's where I think there's an opportunity. And at a minimum, if I can help you there, you know, the next conversation with someone similar to myself will be easier. And so um, I've helped people that I didn't even meet, but I saw their pitch and I said, man, like you got to get to the need, the murder scene faster. Like, tell right. me what you're solving. Why are you Advil and not a vitamin? Oh, like, that's another, <laughs> another pet peeve of mine. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Advil and no, vitamins. no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, a- aspirin is vitamin A. But uh, anyway, uh, no. The uh, I understand that being pitched to by a bunch of people probably necessitates needing things to to happen rapidly. This is my pet peeve too. Yeah. There's a, I think, I think there's a, a couple of different things that happen in sort of the investment culture. Mm-hmm. One is how are you going to monetize it is the first words generally out of any sort of uh, what I've figured out is middle-aged male or older right. how male. How do you make money? Yeah, I mean, it's like, cut to the chase. Tell me how you're going to make money. Mm-hmm. And I get that, but I think it I think it short circuits maybe a conversation that could be had mm-hmm. if you didn't force of someone immediately. Because really when they say that, how are you going to monetize it means how am I going to give you a little bit of money and get a whole lot of money back? That's, yeah. what, it, that's what it comes across as to me. Yeah. That's one of them. And then the mm-hmm. other one is, you know, Look, I don't have time to listen to anything but the first three seconds of what you have to say. Elevator pitch. Yeah, and and I again, I think that's important, but I think it short circuits a conversation that could be had yeah. about the deeper meaning of someone's work. Yeah, and yeah. 
And I think that, you know, just, just allowing, I get that people need to hone their pitch. I get that they need to be concise, but I also think that, uh, occasionally, if not often, really, there's there's something else that needs to be said for people to really get their message across. So, yeah, let me just add to that real quick for you, Adam. So, like, you know, Let's here we are. Adam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, I know. Lay it on me. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we've talked a lot about this, actually. And as creatives, you know, we're creating something. We're developing something. But we're not pitchers, necessarily. You know, we're not here to pitch you know, someone, although we have to be that person too. Um, but I find there's just that disconnect, you know, you know, as an investor coming in, they're not used to, they struggle with, you know, how are you going to make money? And I got 10 seconds to listen to this. And I'm going to get in trouble. Cause I'm going to say stuff that I'm probably not even thinking about. That's going to get me. Go ahead. Get yourself in trouble. We like that. You're not going to get in any that's real trouble. Right. Um, I think before you take, before anyone, I say you, the universal you yep. takes offense to what someone says, take a moment to just even assess if you care what they say, what's their background. Did they ever start a company? Are they working on a company? Have they been successful in f- previous investments? Because if you do your due diligence on that person, you might not give a crap what they say because they might not even be I the right person totally to fair. tell you anything. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, you know, my thing is, I, mean, I haven't even brought it up yet. I have my own startup that I work on with my co-founder. And even for us, this is my job, so I shouldn't even say this because it's going to be a, uh, <laughs> a scarlet letter. Right. I've gotten 99% no's. We've got 99% no's for That's 1% a- yes. Percent and a half off of where you should. Yeah, be. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> we're, sell, we're selling you <laughs> healthcare. It's even harder <laughs> for point, your earlier conversation. Point being, like, even I don't have it figured out. We don't have it figured out. No. Um, and so, um, but I also think it's made me a more empathetic managing director of a program like this. You know, mm-hmm. I we sent out eight seven hundred ninety five rejection letters, and every single one of them, I said, if you want feedback. Let me know. Right. I've got 14, 15 minute calls at the end of this um, at three o'clock, three o'clock till 630, back to back to back to back. And I'm going to offer each and every one of them the same thing. Give me a few updates for the next three months and I'll make an introduction for you. Yep. And let's keep the conversation going. How can I help? And here's my feedback with the caveat being you could do this, not you should do this. And also, these are just my opinions, and most of them are wrong. So take what you want and leave the rest behind. Sure. Um, but I offer that to every single one of them. Because for me, when I get rejected from an application for my startup, I just want to know how to make it better, yeah, what you didn't course. like. So if I can give that to somebody, and it helps them move forward, and then they can come back and say, see, we did it in spite of you, that's fine. I'll be your biggest cheerleader. Go do it. Yeah. So, okay, let me backtrack just slightly. Um, I actually, you're on our podcast (laughs) um, and we've remained in communication and we invited you in because to be fair, you did not do what I was just talking about. The, you did not give me the, give me your pitch faster or (laughs) how are you going to monetize it? it? You instead, I remember very specifically when, when 
Because I'm a little cagey about these things. I don't want to talk to Adam Cho from Generator. Or maybe I do. I don't really know, right? But but I, I get solicited to... I mean, I get unsolicited emails and phone calls nonstop throughout the day. I'm one I, of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're, you're at least you have the benefit of being uh, established in the community. Whereas most of the time it's, hey, I came across your company on Instagram. Hey, I came, you know... It's like robocalls and stuff, you know. Tons of them. So, so every time that happens, I'm always a little bit like, mm-hmm. eh, I don't know if I really want to talk to you. You did not. You, I very specifically remember that when, when we did finally connect on the phone, you listened for a good, healthy amount of time just about what we were doing, and you were like, "Yeah, I, I think this is kind of cool. I'm, I'm sort of interested in it." So. I mean, that's, I, I believe you when you say that. I think that as an entrepreneur, you're definitely going to run into a lot more people who are like, how are you going to monetize it, kid? Like, a kid? I'm older than you, fucker. <laughs> right? Like, kid, what did my gray beard not give it yeah, away? Yeah. I'm not a child. I, I have my own children. Uh no, how are you going to monetize it? And y- you know what? You lost me after four words. Like, well, then, like you say, do yeah, I really need your opinion? No. You know, move. Thanks. And that's what happens. I we can just move, move on it. to the next person. Too, yeah. You know? Yeah. But I think, you know, part of that is, and in, in you being your own entrepreneur, uh, having your own startup, it's not that you want validation from everybody you, you, you bring want your actionable head. insights. Yes. <laughs> right. Yes. It's yeah. true. You you just I mean, God, give me some criticism. That's fine, that but you just, just don't weed through all of it. Yeah, you know, because you don't, as you said, you don't know who, who that person is. Yeah. You never know, and that's the part where I think you know we're in it, and it's like there's so much. You know, you just have to, you have to just see it through. All right. So, do you do anything fun? Like, or is yeah. it, are you well, all business all the time? Adam, where'd you grow up? I mean, where are <laughs> yeah. you from exactly? <laughs> yeah, Crystal. So- <laughs> no, no, no. I'm uh, <laughs> some first generation. My parents are both from South Korea. Okay. Um, back in 1979, my my grandfather, so my dad's dad, liquidated liquidated all of his assets in Korea and moved his whole family here. Back then, you know, Korea isn't what it is today, and so he had a farm and he ran a school, but he sold it all and came here to relocate. I think his his brother was a professor at University of Mankato. So we had a local tie, which I think most immigrant families have some form of someone's already in place somewhere. Yeah. You follow them. So my brother and I, I have an older brother. He and I were both born in Mankato. Um, my dad came over, didn't know a lick of English, and he was washing dishes and chopping onions at a restaurant and then doing a two-year program in HVAC. Um, Got out of school, still couldn't get my mom over because of visa issues, but his professor knew a state representative, so the state representative wrote a letter to somebody somewhere and got my mom over, so he was super Thank happy goodness. about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, know someone somewhere, that's the whole moral so story, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's go back, though. Born in Mankato, yeah. yeah. but why isn't your mom, where is, so your mom was here to to 
birth you, but then... No, 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 no. So, sorry, sorry. My timeline was probably not the most clear. Right. I was a little confused. Dad came over in 79, did school, and then mom came over, and then so that's when, you know, my brother was born in 83. Okay. I was born in 86, but both in Mankato. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, So, part of the story, and this is why I, I joke to my friends and say entrepreneurship's in my blood, is... My grandfather, not in the traditional definition of a startup entrepreneur is now, he pretty much did the same thing, though. Same playbook. Risk it all to come yep. here. He invested in real estate. He invested in the wrong market because he was influenced by the wrong people around him. So instead of investing in Minnesota, he invested in Iowa. Minnesota would have been a great investment. Iowa's not. No. <laughs> and but he no, was smart. no offense to our Iowa. <laughs> no, no, no. It was just <laughs> no. it was just the wrong thesis as to what where the money was going to go and how it was going to turn into something right. that was yeah. a, a good investment. And so um, he was smart enough to leave enough money aside to buy a house. And so um, he actually bought a house in Edina back in the eighties. And uh, so he was fine in the sense that like he didn't have a mortgage to pay for. I always joke and say that he was, he invested enough into the nether (laughs) that he deserves uh, his, his retirement (laughs) money coming in. Um, But so, so that's my first life lesson of entrepreneurship, you know, be, be a healthy skeptic (laughs) of what people tell you and who people are. Um, And then my, my dad came over, obviously, not knowing any English. Like, I'm super impressed with anyone that comes from anywhere and decides that they're going to try to do it here uh, in the U.S. <laughs> yeah. And so he didn't want to go back to school. My my grandfather forced him to. Basically, like, Good. like, I don't care how hard you think it is or how much you hate it. You got to do it. So he got out, and he got a job at, like, a local mall running all their HVAC stuff and making sure everything worked fine. But to your point about, like, you know, what – what do people here have that other people don't have? He didn't have that foundation in place that other families have had decades or centuries of buildup. Yeah. And so he was like, he was doing the mental math in his head and he's like, I'm never gonna be far enough ahead to just be able to breathe and tread water. And so he's like, F this, we're moving to New York. So he went to New York <laughs> six months before <laughs> us and did his own small business startup in HVAC. So he owned pretty much all of 50% of Manhattan down, all the delis, the laundromats, the grocery stores that were Korean-owned. And so he did that for three years, stacked the cash he needed to stack so he can come back and put a deposit down on a house and buy a car, which was his head start, yeah. which meant gotcha. that he didn't have to worry about living paycheck to paycheck. That's awesome. Right. And so I, people that I've dealt with in terms of founders, know that I'm very much like a no-nonsense guy. I don't want sob stories. I don't want woe is me. Like, everyone's got hardships. Everyone's got problems. Um, so just go do it. And, like, if, because if you want to play the game of startup founder, you play by a different set of rules and laws. Like, it is what it is. Don't try to tell me this is why I can't do this or that, because there's plenty of people out there that have done it, regardless of their situation. Mm hmm. And so, like, if they can do it, then I have no reason not to try. <laughs> uh, no, I think that's totally fair. I mean, yeah. I, I, so I grew up in Minnesota, went to school in Wisconsin, lived in New York when I was younger. Where, where in Wisconsin? Uh, Madison for okay. my school, okay. for undergrad. And then yeah. I did my master's here at the U of M. Okay. I'm um, a Minnesotan, but I, was, I lived in Madison. Okay. Sarah's from Madison. Yeah. yeah. So I'm a Scottie. <laughs> but uh, 
I've put almost as many years in the Minnesota system as I have in the Wisconsin system. Right. Now, so yeah. I'm conflicted, I guess. Um, well, I, I mean, Madison, <laughs> Madison is a hell of a nice town. We just town. like to have yeah. fun. Right? God, that's a great town. <laughs> great. Good, good place to live. Good place to go to school. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for, for me, that's my mindset about startups. Like, mm-hmm. if you want to play this game, Sorry, you're signing up for a whole different ball game. I think there's. Uh, I think that's fair, and I. I don't think you're. You know, if you can't handle the that sort of critique of of what it is you're doing, then yeah, you're probably too thin skinned to be mm-hmm. doing this. But there are. I think there's multiple different kinds of startups. Sure, you know, like absolutely. If you're talking high potential growth, whatever, that's great. But if you're talking you know mom down the street yeah. just it starts making cupcakes yeah. like that requires quilts. a different set quilts yeah quilts. starts quilting <laughs> um it just requires a different set of sort of like encouragement without mm-hmm. as much critique versus like you think you want to get in with with the big this, boys yeah i'd say yeah. big boys and girls big boys and girls thank That's you correct but i stand corrected yeah, thank you, Sam. <laughs> no offense yeah no but i think if you want to you know if, if what your aim is is to run in this circle where the stakes are higher and the yeah. risks are higher and the rewards could be higher then you're gonna get you yeah know, you gotta you gotta almost, to get kicked around yeah, a little you gotta bit. have a little thick skin and, yeah. you know and i would be doing a bad job if i was going after the 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 retired teacher that wants to sell cupcakes at the state farm right or not the, the, the farmer's market yeah, yeah you know it's like yeah why am I trying to grill you on your <laughs> yeah. your profit? What margins? the hell do you know about business? Yeah, exactly, use a different flower, you know. But if you're coming to me and saying that you feel as though you and again, these are the ones that come directly to us and say we think we have something that investors want. Right. Well, then I'm going to ask you the same questions that they're going to ask you, but they're going to be meaner about it and yeah. less sensitive about it. So. Consider me like the, the nice sandbox. <laughs> the good cap. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> good, good, good cap's uh, a little easier than, than the bad cop who's coming later. Um, yeah. So born and raised here in Minnesota. Spent some time in Madison. That's a good mix. Yeah. And I mean, New York. And New York. Yeah. yeah so, so I have family in New York and then family in Seattle as well. Oh. But they all came here first. Okay. And then went to the and coast. Then, Kind of yeah. parted ways. Sort yeah. Of. So they're yeah. all entrepreneurs, right? So um, in New York, my dad's younger brother took over my dad's company. And then my dad's older sister, you know, runs or was running, but now their daughters run, like, one of the biggest fashion distribution. So, like, nail polish and beauty supply kind of things out there. And then on the other side of the coast, my, my dad's older brother and younger sister live out there doing startup stuff oh yeah <laughs> not, well i call them startup small business yeah yeah small so business it's, so yeah. you're yeah of course you've been in this since day one i didn't know it i mean yeah. i fundamentally in my head especially living here i was like oh go to school either go get job get yeah <laughs> right go to school <laughs> live find, life find big logo too <laughs> yeah go, go work at go work yeah yeah that's what i did and yeah. then like i was like okay well what else is out there? Now you're developing them. <laughs> yeah. Or helping Trying to. develop them. That's, that's the other part of it, too. When I got out of school, I spent eight months as a manager at a hardware store that I'm very grateful for having that job. It was my summer job all the way through. So I'd come back in the summer and winter and do that job. 
But when I got out of school, there was no opportunity. So I just went back to managing at a hardware store. And then my first job after that was temp agency stuff. So like for the first year or two, probably closer to two, I didn't have a full-time job because the market sucked. <laughs> and through, through no fault of my own or anyone mm-hmm. else that came out. I'm going to call you out. You're going to call me out? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, you were also in your early 20s. And no one likes people in their early 20s. That's I I when I worked well, people like people. I'm just kidding, but when I but when I you know, I worked for with uh, kids at a boys camp for years and there's there's something about like you you get done with high school, you go to college, you've got the knowledge that the college gave you mm-hmm. and then you think like, well, I should get a job. And I know the market can suck and stuff, but sometimes it's like, well, you got to kind of grind it out for a few years because there's that just straight out of graduation like the people who didn't seem to have to grind it out are the ones whose fathers got them jobs at places or they had a network or a connection that got them in yeah. and the rest of them you kind of look at them and you're like man come back when you're 26 my only pushback is the corporates want the best of both worlds they want the people with the experience but they don't want to pay for it that's right but the people that want to get the experience are willing to work for less but they won't get the job because of the people that you're right <laughs> so it's like no you're it's right. a catch 22 yeah. point being like for me it was so that's one part of it but before i even got to my full-time job the one before was with nestle so nestle used to do manufacturing here mm-hmm. nestle yeah. healthcare it was novartis before it became nestle okay and that was right off of 100 and uh, 394 right by the Volkswagen i remember the novartis right yeah so if you actually drove by there at the right time, you could smell chocolate in there. Like it smelled like chocolate <laughs> yeah. shakes all the time. Funny. The only reason I got a job there is because they were shutting it down. So a plant that ran 24 seven, 365. I mean, I use some liberty there. They shut down for holidays, obviously. Yeah. You know, employing hundreds of people was shutting down because uh, they could do it cheaper in Brazil and Wisconsin. So my opportunity was because other people were losing their opportunity. Right. So that's, I mean, like, Hooray for me, I get a ch- paycheck. But at the same time, it's like, that sucks. Right. So what's the difference between that and some other corporation in town deciding that they want to do that? So the best way for me to disrupt that potential is to create a healthy foundation. We need we need good small businesses. Yeah, absolutely. We really do. They're, they're so incredibly vital to innovation and, and just the way things work. They're yeah. a little more nimble than big companies generally that can... Yeah, I I fundamentally agree. And so, you know, I think I've worked with the 35 founders. A third of them were under the age of 30 or 35, at least, to be safe. First timers. Um, So the questions of like, have you done this before? What's your background? Yeah, maybe a tiebreaker, but it's definitely not a filtering criteria to start at the top of the funnel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because to the point that I was told, you should go find someone that knows what they're doing. It's like, you should just be happy someone's willing to take the risk. (laughs) Yep. Worry about whether or not they can figure it out later. But if they're willing to take the risk and try it, then like we should be championing that and applauding. Is is this the the business that you're... No, currently, so you kind of let that one die, didn't you? It's st- so it's it's sitting at the University of Minnesota in the tech um, tech transfer office. It's one of the licensable ideas. So it's went through the process of getting patented. It hasn't been fully converted to a, an actual U.S. patent yet, but it will. And at that point, you know, someone could come and say, "We want to take that and build That's off cool. of it." That's exciting. Yeah. But my other idea did come out of the university. My co-founder and I met at the university as fellows, research fellows, and um, we spent about two and a half years just figuring things out. 
Um, and then we went live this past April with a uh, dental office in Maple Grove. And now we're going to be going live in Edina with our next office. Um, but that came out of the university as well. But it was um, more on the software side, digital. Sure. So, and is this, uh, since we're, we're done with a full hour here, yeah, yeah. Um, is, this, is there anything that you can pitch anything promote you anything you yeah to sure website anything you can promote yeah. i mean i don't know what your target audience is but if there's we any, don't know yeah <laughs> well that's what makes this an interesting platform yeah. i mean it, it's really a, a mix well it's a mix it's quite yes. a it's quite a hodgepodge as they say yeah. here in minnesota yeah, yeah. Uh, I, you know i very much appreciate you guys kind of turning it over for that yeah you know, i don't like coming on here trying to promote stuff but uh so well that's what it's for. yeah well, so my background is in the healthcare side my co-founder is a pediatric ent uh so we both focus on health that's where our passion are is and so growing up i had a lot of anxiety I still do, but now I've become an OCD asshole. Sure. You can learn to manage it. <laughs> I, I, I medicate by being prepared. Uh, but growing up, like going to the dentist, first day of school, um, first field trip, all those things, like I internalized this irrational fear of like, oh my God, all these things can go wrong. And so like I grew up and I didn't know until like the age of 26 that I had it, but I finally realized like, oh, I have anxiety, but I never got medicated for anything. I just thought everyone had these thoughts in their head. Right. So... Um, I had an opportunity to work with Courtney, my, co- uh, my co-founder, and we realized that there's a huge percentage of people in the, in the world that are afraid of going to the dentist, irrational fear, or just anxiety in general, all the way to like, they won't go what, you right. know, white knuckle on the chair. Yeah. And we're like, man, you don't just all of a sudden become an adult and hate the dentist. That starts as a kid. And so we decided that we try to focus on making sure those formative years we're done the right way so you aren't afraid of going. And so we built an app that we sell custom to dental offices. It's specific to each office and each dentist, so it's white-labeled for them. And then we do a full walkthrough of the exact visit that the kid's going to have. And so as a result of it, when a parent signs up for a visit, we send them a link that says, hey, download this app. It'll show you the whole visit for your kid. So then three, four weeks before the visit, they get to practice and see and become familiar so it takes uncertain in terms of in terms of familiar, and then for them, it instills confidence. They're educated. It's a reference point for them. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. they they can relate to it. So it means the world makes sense to them. Right. And so then now those first, second, and third visits are positive, and not saying that they won't be positive without our app because there's some phenomenal dentists out there that do a great job. But if you're leaving it up to the moment they cross that threshold of coming in. You don't. You can't control what they feel like before they walk. In well, the you're door. eliminating some of the fear of the unknown. Exactly. Right. You know. Exactly. So we basically said, "Hey, if we can build this and scale it and offer this to dentists, then we can make visits more consistent." And as a result of that, you know, we we firmly believe one bad visit leads to another bad visit. These kids. Oh, yeah, remember sure they're like sponges hey i don't like going there right you know I yeah like that's that. <laughs> i mean that's life in general yeah. isn't it yeah yeah and so we said you know if we can make this first visit go well then everyone's happy the yeah. parents are stressed less the kids are stressed less and that dentist hopefully has a patient for for a long time because they're kids and most parents don't uproot their families when you know right. they're growing up and so you know we think it's a win-win-win you know makes the parents' job of getting them into the dental office easier, makes the kids' experience of being at the dentist easier, and then for the dental office, 
you know, a, a fussy kid that's not having a good visit, it's fun for nobody. Right. Um, and whether it's your fault or theirs or nobody's fault, um, we've seen in our limited, we've, I think we've done this with like 30 kids now. Mm-hmm. We can't obviously look in a crystal ball and say how those kids would have interacted at the dental office without our app. But we do know 100% of those kids that have used our app and gone in have had a good visit. Right. So, you know, our, our excitement is the fact that if I can stop one kid from having the same types of internal or external fears, um, then we've done our job. And we know for a fact that for 30 of those kids, we, we help them get through that first visit. And so our goal is to just kind of, to your point about like, what do we want to see for Andalin or for, for our company yonder? It's let's grow it as far as we can, because we want it to be the platform. Uh, and so it's kind of exciting, but it's also terrifying. And yeah, of course. <laughs> and to your point, you know, we apply for stuff all the time, and we get told no thanks. <laughs> I, actually, I even I even prefer if they just say no thanks when they say they'll tell me no thanks. Right. You know, if they say the deadline's here, <laughs> just ahead, tell just me. Let me know. <laughs> right. It's okay. Instead Rip of me having to go up. back and be like, hey, you know, the deadline passed. Did we get in? Oh no, we went some other direction. Like, yeah. so for me, you'll never see me miss a deadline. When I'm reaching out to somebody and I say, we're going to tell you then, we'll tell you then. Yeah. <laughs> you know, everything that I hate about <laughs> the experience of being a founder, I make sure I don't no, do No, <laughs> that's, that's good. That's going to make you better at, at learning, you know, at dealing with people who are doing their own thing and starting stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah. I definitely feel like it's been a, a huge asset to go through it. Um, and so I, I do my best to be helpful where I can be. Yeah. Um, and so for, for the, for the startup that I do, yeah, helping kids, you know, it's, it's hard enough to right. grow up as it is. Let's make at least one part of it the easier. Dental. You're, easier. you're sitting in a yeah, room I with know. two it's... people who like absolutely love going to the dentist and like, yeah. I fall asleep. Yeah. So do I. So we've had many conversations, Sam and I, about this because I, I love getting my teeth cleaned. Yeah. And and maybe that's because I, don't I had a great. Them and they're pulling them out and doing oh, whatever, I don't do whatever like, they want. I don't necessarily like that. But, <laughs> but the teeth cleaning, I'm a big fan of. Yeah. You know, and I kind of fall asleep during the process. Like I just lay there and I'm comfortable. So before we go though, um, so folks that want to get a hold of generator, any of your stuff, where where are you? Where can they look for all yeah, of your information? Um, they can yeah. find me on LinkedIn very easily. My email is also. Uh, if it's for generator stuff, it's adam at generator.com. And if it's for the dental startup stuff, whether you're a parent or a dentist or know someone that is, that's just adam at letsyonder.com. Okay. Cool. And generator is uh, gener, the number eight. And then we didn't drop the T, so the T's still there. Yeah. T O R. Yeah. So gener. Oh. The number eight in TOR. It's just yeah. important to point out. But yeah. Very but if important. they look up Adam Tro on LinkedIn, like my emails, sure, available and okay out there. Very cool. All right. Well, thank you, Adam. Adam, thank Adam you for, for coming, coming in. in. Yeah. Thank you and guys. Thanks for doing what you're doing. I mean. Yeah, I got a little good. different perspective on it after this. Yeah, so me I too. appreciate you coming in. And, and I yeah. promise I'm gonna I'm gonna help you guys one way or another on something. Yeah. I just don't know good. what yet. But yeah. yeah, we'll figure it out. That's, that's the fun of it. Thank you, guys. Great. Bye. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. We love comments and feedback, so go ahead and let us have it. If you'd like to learn more about Andalin and other legacy projects, visit the website at andalin.app or kineticlegacy.us. Take care. (laughs) 